0: A Revolutionary Girl Utsuna Podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? Doing alright. Today we are here to do sort of a character episode, sort of a manga episode. Basically, we're talking about Mikage, but also the Black Rose chapter of the manga. Basically because I don't know that there's really enough there to do two separate episodes. Sorry, Mikage fans, if you're out there. I don't know. I tried to find one, and all I found was Sen. How you doing, Sen?
1: I'm great. I'm dandy.
0: Sen, we've had you on the show before, but I don't think that we actually did our normal questions because we did fanfic those fanfic episodes and also the Evangelion episode, and things tend to get a little wild when Gio and Oriyasha are on the show. So we can actually start off the show by asking you what is your history with Revolutionary Girl Utena? Let's
1: say um, this is gonna get a, a bit dramatic, but I'm I'm just I am ser-
0: here for it. I'm so excited to hear about this story. <laughs> okay, so I'm
1: currently I'm the server administrator for the official um, okay, it's it's official fan server for Empty Movement. And how I got to there was I finished watching Utena like when I was 17 over the school holidays. And then I was like, "Wow, I need to talk about this." So I went to the forums. First thing was it, I did was pick a fight with everyone, everyone there.
0: <laughs> 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 so I've heard.
1: <laughs> so um, it was this thread called "Feminist Anime," and people were calling shit like "Killer Killers feminist. And I was like, "Holy shit! Now you guys, this is like this is a teenage girl in sex in sexy sexy costume." Half fucking naked? Are you guys serious?
0: Don't you know if the half naked woman is fighting, that makes her feminist? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that actually launched into like a interesting conversation about the presentation of um adolescence sexuality. Just because a, a, a lot of people who who say that they want to uh, fuck biology and they don't actually want to fuck a high schooler. They want to, you know, do, the they idea to... of
0: the high schooler. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they they don't they want that somehow imagine... makes
0: it worse.
1: No, no, no. They actually age Togo or Sionji
0: up to. Their no, life. I just meant the phrase, the idea of the high schooler. But no, I definitely get what you mean about like mentally aging a character up when you're yeah. looking at, especially when it's an anime character that doesn't look like a fourteen year old.
1: They do not want to fuck literally, um, literally Suabuki, Suabuki, Suabaki, Suabuki. Oh, Oh, servant boy. They don't want to fuck. They don't want to literally fuck Madoka, right? They just yeah. And the, the high school skating is part of, part of that um. Ethic.
2: I mean, some of the weaves out there definitely do.
0: <laughs> there are them. people that want to fuck Madoka, and to them there I say, are, there are stay away from leaves.
2: me. <laughs> there are definitely people on Twitter right now who definitely want to do that with Madoka. Stay back, 100%. demons.
1: Oh God.
0: Back, mm. back, I say.
1: And I pra- and at the end of the um thread, I basically called all of them shitty adults and all of them archeus <laughs> because I was I w- I was just from Tumblr, okay. I I just came back from Tumblr. Ooh.
0: Understandable. And,
1: um, and I hadn't wise not quite yet. I was still 17. And then Giovanna said Giovanna said that she okay. Basically Giovanna made a, a very um made a made a reply to me and she was just like, I don't know. Passive <laughs> aggressive. I, I don't remember. I was Giovanna,
0: just... passive-aggressive?
1: <laughs> I was just sad that the scary lady was yelling at me, okay?
0: Aww.
1: Aww. Then I, I talked to the, um, the nice lady on Tumblr, Yasha. <laughs> <laughs> dude, and I realized that, oh. There, and then she just told me that, oh, we're actually married. I'm like, ah! <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> so, um. At that point, I was like, "Oh, maybe we should make a, a Discord server." While I was con- conversing with Yasha on Tumblr, and I, I made a am- I made amends with Um Varna eventually, and I think one of the mods of, what was it the Crescent Day Tripper. Have you heard of her? No. Uh no. Heard of them actually. Um, so I I think the, their pronouns are day them. I think, and um, they were actually really really nice to me in the DM, So that, that's really good to hear. And they told me that. That they understood where I came from, and then from there, from there, I was able to make amends with Shavana. and and then I was like, yeah, let's make let's make a server. I didn't when I made the server around June two years ago. I didn't realize it would get so much traction,
0: but
1: <laughs> now you know it. We have over like I think we have about over one hundred people.
0: It is huge. It is bustling. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience in other like populated Discord servers, but like. There are people in every channel talking like every day.
1: We have literally three hundred, three hundred people right now. Okay.
0: But yeah, so um, you just like made amends with uh Geo and then decided to make a Discord. I guess effectively creating the new forum.
1: <laughs> well, um, we're we're looking to um do something with what, what was it Pillowfort?
0: I've heard of Pillowfort.
1: Because uh with our server it's not very good for long form discussion, Because so, it's only good for like chatting right mm mm-hmm. and because the forum is pretty much dead we'll once that once that releases to the public, we're we'll planning on using that
0: well that should be cool.
2: Teleform is like a myth to me. it's a thing that like other people talk about, but I've never encountered someone who actually like uses
1: it.
0: I have heard of people using it, but I've just never attempted to try and use it for myself. Also, it's a paid service, isn't it? I don't, uh, I mean, that probably makes it better, but.
2: Maybe that worked a lot better back yeah. when something awful didn't have to beg the internet for money.
1: And,
0: like, Tumblr
1: just does all this arbitrary shit, like, censoring female-presenting nipples.
0: Oh, like, yeah. Ah. The f- female-presenting nipples. God.
1: We do want to try to avoid that kind of shenanigans, you know, while we're discussing stuff.
0: How so, did you so. feel about Revolutionary Girl Utena when you first got into it? Because you said you were seventeen. I mean, that's not like the youngest that people have gotten into the show, but that's pretty young still. I know
1: it was sincere. That's that's probably the, you know, some some of the way I can say it. It meant something. It wasn't something you could just throw away. Like it wasn't. I don't know Naruto bleach. <laughs> Well, what, what,
2: what, you take what are... that back. My boy Naruto <laughs> is the most sincere.
1: Well, okay, I, I I like some of what it says about war Naruto, but um, it gets you. you know? If Utena was a person, she'd
0: get you. It's true. I'm going to regret asking you the next question, but um, who is your favorite character? I'm legally obligated by podcast law to ask people who their favorite Uzumaki character is, but I already know your answer.
1: Okay, I have three. I have three.
0: That makes it better. Um, why don't you tell us about it?
1: Akio? Akio? Auntie? Mamiya?
0: Okay, um, why?
1: Rose gallery. <laughs> uh, because- Well, um, okay. Other than the fact that I find Akio and, um, and Auntie really hot.
2: <laughs> I mean, naturally. I mean, you know, the fact that you're upfront about it actually makes it better. Like- I'm glad. Just, just, just wear it on your sleeve. Yeah. See. Be, be, be horny in public.
0: That's the only reason I can tolerate Akio fans like you and Geo is because you have no. You, you are not under any pretense that like this is okay. You're like, no, I like these guys because they're shitty and also hot.
2: If you must sin, sin delicious. Yes. Sin. Send.
0: Exactly.
2: Sin. <laughs> send, <laughs> send. <laughs>
0: But yeah, uh, so, other than hot, why do you like Akio?
1: Um, this this pairs together, but I like how they present a, like, they present like a a golden standard for gender. Like, okay, Akio was what women want from a man. Like, the highest, the highest uh, standard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's, he's smooth-talking, he's charismatic, he cooks, and he's very alpha. And obvious is obvious what every man wants from a woman, every straight man, right? He's, she's 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 obedient, she's cuddly, she's passive, she's a, you, know, you know what I mean? So you but, like
2: you so you like them as sort of this, this yes. living picture of the of the arch, of the sort of quote unquote yeah.
1: archetype. Yeah, like they're they're literally deconstructions. They're like too good to be true, and it's almost. It's fascinating and creepy how, how they draw people in and how they destroy the expectations of people.
2: They are kind of like almost too perfectly... Yeah.
1: Like, they're, they're so
2: perfectly in line with those kind of... Stere- those sort of archetypes that by being so like them, they begin to show how actually
1: Fucked disturbing up. they really yeah, are. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, ah! It's, it's just fascinating that way. And Like, this is the... What they are are a natural consequence to playing to those archetypes. Like,
0: okay, yeah. I can see that, but also, um, I kind of knew that Mamiya was gonna be on your list, but I am genuinely interested in why. Not only just because it is uh, topical for the episode. There's
1: um not a lot to say because he, Mamiya himself does get a lot of screen time.
0: No, <laughs> I think um he
1: I like I like his interaction with gender and how. He's not quite on the level of of a ma- of masculinity like Togun Sionji.
0: Definitely. I mean in the show it's he's literally a girl in a costume
1: basically and that that lends him a bit of um I would say perspective and even awareness mm-hmm. of of how he, where he stands, where he stands with other people relationship wise. And um yeah, he just has really 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 nice quotes. He's more aware than he seems.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. Uh i just think it's
0: neat i also think that mamiya is a an interesting character and it's so weird because like we get a whole season of black rose but like we get so little of like mamiya and makage and i guess that that's just sort of a byproduct of having such a large cast you tend to focus on the good guys more than the bad guys except for the select ultra bad guys (laughs) that they get into later but uh it is weird that we see so little of Mamiya, given that he's technically part of the focus of the whole season
1: and i think um that's on purpose because mikage-san kind of like idealizes tries to force him into this little box Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: you only see little snippets of what mikage thinks sees
0: which technically this is the the mikage episode uh so before we get into the Black Rose manga, how do you feel about Mikage?
1: I like him. I think he's the most tragic, one of the most tragic characters in the series. Oh yeah? And the fact that people forget about him and that he's, he's largely forgotten is, makes it even more sad. Uh, yet, I think he speaks, even though he's, he's considered a computer or like not human, I think he speaks with a very human experience. You know how depression kind of sucks all the emotion from me? Yeah. I kind of see him as like a metaphor for depression.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: And, um, yeah, <clears throat> he's, he's a product of society and what people expect from men no emotion, no way to release.
2: <clears throat> yeah. I-, I can see that, actually. I can see, like, it- since we've already been talking archetypes, Makange is very archetypal, both of what we expect of the intellectual but also what we expect of man with respectability and standing. Mm. as They both are supposed to be completely just this cold and dispassionate figure who is absorbed in quote-unquote higher things. And it's nice to both. He is kind of that, but he's also shockingly human. Mm. For somebody who comes across as Mm. being just a, a cutout of this archetype, Like he's able to feel things about two other people, and like whether or not those those relationships are healthy or not, they're certain you can you can't say that they're not there, that they're not imbued with emotion.
1: Wonderfully said,
2: Alice.
0: I agree. (laughs) Okay. I have one question, but Alice, you have you seem like you had something more pressing to say.
2: I was just gonna say that. Being said. All of that stuff comes up through a lot better in the anime version of the Black Rose arc. I'm going to be real with
0: you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, the, the manga that we will talk about is very different. It shares a lot of, much like all of the manga, it shares a lot of similarities with its anime counterpart, but it is fundamentally very different. But my question is, how old is this motherfucker supposed to be? How old is Mikage supposed to be? Like, he's supposed to be a professor, but in the manga, Wakaba refers to him as a high school prodigy. And okay, so
2: like, I, I wasn't I'm sure if she confused. was saying he was a prodigy. Was he sa- Was she saying he was a prodigy when he was in high school?
0: She didn't seem to recognize him as being someone who had graduated she didn't seem to recognize him as an adult
2: so the other thing is that we have to kind of separate like quote-unquote like real world macaque with black rose Makake. because Makake in the quote-unquote real world and the uh, leading up to the fire seems to me to be older okay he acts a little older and more... Re- re- like, he, he acts more like a, someone who is an adult. Whereas, partially because he has more freedom to do so, because, you know, he's not a Sailor Moon villain. Um, <laughs> whereas, whereas like, yeah, like, I mean, when he's in the Black Rose arc, in and, and Utena's experience, he's basically a Sailor Moon villain. So he has a little more room, to. But also, like, in a lot of ways, the, the, the Mikage that exists in the black rose sort of pocket universe if you will like is is a flanderization of the mikage that used to exist. Oh, so, so I mikage. definitely think that they're like
1: different edges. Yeah, Mikage and Nemuri, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Different names. Yeah, different names. yeah uh,
1: I got so confused.
2: Yeah, are they like okay, so like is that just a first last name thing? I'm not sure.
1: I think um uh, they both have the same name Soji, same last name I think. Soji
2: Wow. ah okay so it is an actual different name i thought it was just like yeah, a I was so name, I think.
0: yeah because he's soji makage but then we only see uh professor namuro for his or Nemuro for his uh like for the other like quote what as you said quote unquote real world version uh we only get one name. If I remember correctly, I don't know that we ever saw another name. Uh, I think
1: um, Soji is the last name. No, wait, is Soji the first name?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm confused. Japanese names are confused, but I'm Asian.
0: But yeah, so that was a question I had, and it's actually in my notes, but I just wanted to ask that ahead of time, because it has it has confounded me since I read the Black Rose manga, because I like, it doesn't really come up in any way in the anime. It's just like, oh, there's this guy, and I don't think anybody even on campus really ever acknowledges him other than, like, Utana And I guess technically, uh, technically Anthe.
1: Wait, can I just set this straight? Mikage and Nemuru, Nemuru are both family names, right?
0: Um, maybe?
1: I, I think no i don't yeah, know
0: all i, I know it's... is that in the uh dub of the anime they call him mikage and normally they call characters by their first names
1: well they always um is always calling on uh, the himemia right so and it says here it's
0: well i was talking about the dub specifically uh because, yeah, she uses uh, himemia in, uh, in the Japanese, but in the English dub, she always calls her Anthe. But, yeah, this wiki, this Utsuna fandom page that you have linked us to, it seems that uh, Mikage is his surname. So I guess maybe he's Soji Mikage or Soji uh, Nemoro
2: I'm actually just in the meaning of those names. So, from what I can tell, I think both of those names are actually place names. In
0: Hokkaido. Oh, yeah?
2: Um. Yeah, they seem to both be able to be linked to place names. There's a Nemoro Strait, um, and also Mikage is a place in Shimazu, and maybe oh. it's Hokkaido. So I'm not really sure if there's any significance to those names. There probably is DBH. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Somebody there, 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 write there... in, tell us yeah please do if
2: anybody knows if anybody knows please do write in because like yeah we don't know japanese and some of these names actually like are totally obviously this is they're doing something with this name
0: like utana meaning calyx or like
2: you know or like seonji like have like sharing a name with like being sort of just like um a standard political name Kind of like, you know, things like that that require some context that we just
1: can't really get to without a lot of help.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I edited the Sayonji episode earlier today. What were you Didn't saying,
1: y- Sam? I think Yasha mentioned about how the names of... Was it, was it Yasha or was it Jene? But how all the names in the student council, all their family names are like typical Japanese noble names.
0: I think that was Jene.
1: Oh, okay, Jene. And then Kiryu is like a, a new buddy name. Yeah. Yeah. Should, Maybe specifically yeah. because I was asking about Sage. Yeah. So they might know something. I might have to ask. Them.
0: Yeah. We can go into the Black Rose chapter. Um, I mean, I don't know if we have anything else to say specifically about uh, Mikage, but I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, what we'll do for this for the Black Rose chapter notes is that I will just sort of read along with these, and you guys like interject uh or I'll like, you know, pose questions or something and we'll just sort of collaboratively go through the summary of this chapter. It's not very long. Usually my notes are much longer for manga chapters, but this is a pretty short chapter. Uh so this is it's called The Black Rose Seal, I think. Let me look at my manga real quick. I'm pretty sure it's the the name of the chapter is The Black Rose Seal.
2: It should have been called Utena Rips Off The Shining a lot. <laughs> because yeah, that's what this version of it is.
0: It's called Revolutionary Girl Utana Side Story The Black Rose Seal. And we open up with, there's this page of Mikage and Mamiya with like hourglass and roses and shit. And uh, it shows... A text box it doesn't say who it's being attributed to but i would assume it's mikage given things that we get later that says uh since that night my hourglass has been stopped since that night or won't someone break my hourglass so that's gonna be our running metaphor for mikage being stuck in time the first actual page of the manga opens on Mikage, who is looking at Utina's file in the uh, Otori office. I guess, or maybe he has files on her. I don't know. I I don't. I never even considered the idea that Otori would have files on students. It just feels. It feels too much like something a real school would do.
2: <laughs> yeah, anything that makes them feel like otori is a real school that people go to It's just kind of weird
1: yeah I think the manga does that a lot
0: yeah it's the cool. manga does treat it more like a literal school and they have like actual student council meetings and stuff like that
1: yeah, yeah cause
2: Saito's not like a crazy man like Ikihara is she's like schools have certain logic to them and is like I've never seen a school I grew <laughs> up in a hole in the ground
0: school never <laughs> matter. <laughs> This um, we ca- There are some context clues to indicate that this uh chapter takes place after the first duel with Seonji. Um, we see Mamiya for the first time, and he says that he wants to get the power of miracles. Uh, he refers to Utsuna and Anthe as being a pair like you and me, which. I will say it took me much longer than I would like to admit to notice that Mikage and Mamiya's uniforms are just, like, sort of an yep. inverse of Utena and Anthe's. I noticed that Mamiya's kind of looked like Anthe's, but I never made the connection that Mikage's looked like Utena.
2: Yup. By the way, have you ever, like, do you realize, like, reading through this, how um, in the anime like most of the driving impetus is coming from Mikage, mm-hmm. and in the manga like especially early on mamiya is like really pushing the the sort of like why we're doing this like he has the whole like i don't want to die get dios for me and like whereas he's not really doing that in anime, cause, partially because he doesn't have to makage is so single-minded monomanic
0: I would also probably attribute that to the difference in Mamiya in the anime and Mamiya in the mm-hmm. manga chapter. Just in the, there's a fundamental difference in their characters, being that one of them is Anthe in disguise, and the other one is just a figment of Mikage's imagination.
2: Yeah, what like the other one, like the one in the manga? Spoiler work, but I mean. Mamiya in the manga is basically like the bartender in The Shining. (laughs) It's like, I don't exist. And also, you should totally kill some people.
0: (laughs) Uh, Mamiya tells Mikage that he hates Ituna and Anthe, and then he falls dramatically. And he says, I don't want to die. Get Dios for me. Mikage promises to find a cure for whatever it is that's killing Mamiya, I guess. And there's a cute picture of Utana and Wakaba on this page. That's very important. It's Wakaba's birthday, the day that we record this. Oh, yeah. Happy happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Onion Princess. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. Utana tells Wakaba she's been seeing a guy, Mikage, on campus everywhere she turns. Wakaba tells Utana he's famous and Makake walks up and introduces himself i guess having overheard someone actually acknowledge his presence which is where i put in my notes the question of how old is he because Wakaba calls him a high school prodigy and that really threw me for a loop when i read this chapter i was like what does this mean but uh you guys explain that pretty well um he invites Utsuna to his seminar Utsuna asks him why he would want why he would want her, but I put in my notes why he would want a dumbass like her, which is true. <laughs> um, he says he'll tell her anything she wants to know, and then Utena's like, "Anything." By the
2: way, do we ever establish? Do we ever establish what kind of seminar this is? Like, what is he good at? What is he teaching? Um, like apply applied occultic metaphysics? Like, what is going on?
1: Here? Child exploitation arts. I mean that.
2: That is a legitimate school to study. We just call it, you know, a business major.
0: We call it seminary school. (laughs) Oof.
2: That was too spicy.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Ouch. um, Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that Utana, like, he says, I'll tell you anything you want to know. And Utana, profound dumbass that she is, like, just thinks that he's, like, gonna tell her all about... ...the weird stuff in the school... ...that's the impression that I got... ...is that she's like... ...he must know what's going on... ...and not like... ...he's gonna tell me about this seminar he's hosting.
1: (laughs) Oh god. Um, Everyone's holding the idiot ball, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, Utina visits Mickey in the library... ...who is surprised that Utina is invited to the seminar... Which is when Utena says, are you implying that I'm stupid? (laughs) But If the scabbard fits. (laughs) Uh, He tells her about Nemuro Hall and how hundreds of boys were buried alive during a secret experiment. He shows Utena a picture of Professor Nemuro, who is literally just Mikage with glasses. And Utena's an idiot, so she just thinks, where have I seen that face before?
1: Literally Team Rocket again. (laughs)
0: literally 10 minutes ago girl where were you uh she goes looking for Anthony, but she only finds choo-choo and she asks choo-choo did she go off without telling me again which makes me sad the implications of what that means i
2: I just i just got that
0: oh yeah that was i read that and i was like "Ah." it was it was a wound in my heart Choo uh, Chu points towards Nemuro Memorial Hall and Utsuna goes inside. Mikage is there and asks her if she's looking for the Rose Bride. He says he'll lead Utuna to the Rose Bride. He tells her that he knows all of Anthe's secrets. And I love this part where
1: Utuna
0: says to him in response, If Himemia has secrets she doesn't want me to know, then I don't need to hear about it. Oh, it's just
1: my heart melts on that. It's just adorable.
0: She's so precious. I love yeah. her. Like the
1: manga has like little parts that I really, really loved. The rest I, I give, I, I didn't really care for. But
0: um, yeah. I, I like more of the manga than I thought I was going to like, given what I had heard about it before. But uh, yeah, yeah, like there are just especially these sweet little character moments with Utana that is where it really shines. Uh, Utena says she wants to leave, but Mikage won't let her. Anthe shows up and she's in her bride dress. Mikage shows Utena his black rose ring and challenges her to a duel. Anthe explains that he's a black rose duelist and that he also got his ring from End of the World. He says when he wins the duel, he's going to kill Anthe and make Mamiya his new rose bride and- to give him eternal life. And <laughs> Is it? I have written. I think I'm pretty sure this is just Utana, but it, I have a quote written down that says, "This is weird." I mean, that sounds like something she would say. Just this
2: dumbass, like, "This is weird. You're a weirdo."
0: She, uh, uh, oh uh, no, I'm gonna be able to come up with this joke. Uh, Mikage is a weirdo who keeps his boyfriend in a pencil box.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> Ew.
0: Anyway, oh, it gets worse
2: because of those like coffee things. <laughs> oh, God, they slide out like the pencil boxes do.
0: Oh, Utena Mikage duel, and it looks really good because Saito is an amazing artist who is able to really make these duels look awesome. Utena finally realizes that Mikage is Professor Nemuro, and asks, "Why haven't you aged?" And again. What age is he supposed to be? I guess she's implying because that was supposed to have happened many years ago, and he still looks like he did in the picture. But it's just, this vexes me. Uh, Mikage has no idea what's going on either. He just does what End of the World tells him to. He says he's been working alone, so Utena asks about Mamiya. Then he gets the upper hand and says he's won. Utina realizes that Mamiya died in the original fire and tells him Mamiya only exists in your mind. Mikage like
2: Oh sorry, I was just like the bartender from the Shining. See, he told you.
0: (laughs) Mikage tries to kill Anthy to take the power of Dio so he can bring Mamiya back to life. We get the classic Utena lunge with her sword and uh, Mikage, I guess, thinks to himself, she's come at last to break my hourglass. Minamura Memorial Hall starts crumbling down. Utena tries to save Mikage, but he accepts his fate and tells her to go without him. He thanks Utena for setting him free. The hall crumbles, Utsuna finds a black rose ring in the rubble, and Utsuna and Anthe hold hands, which is nice.
1: Yay! Yay! This is actually quite sweet.
0: I like the little scene where they just, like, take each other's hands while they're standing there looking at the <laughs> ruined hall. It looks- it's the- nice.
1: <laughs> Watching on all the corpses, all the dead people.
2: Indeed. So- I'm going to go actually contradict something I said with the last, with yes. the uh, movie manga. Good. With the movie manga, I said the one of the things that made me like it kind of more than the movie story was the fact that it was coherent as a story. Uh-huh. But in a lot of ways, making trying to make the Black Rose arc into a coherent, linear story has kind of like hurt it a lot. It, there's something really missing in, um, in how the Black Rose arc has been condensed into just a linear, simplistic story of Utena and Makane. Because to me, what, a lot of what makes that arc work is that that dichotomy exists in the background of everyone else. Like, everyone else finds themselves between the thesis and antithesis the of... Utuna and makage in such a way that makage is then able to pray on them. like that's where you get the sort of the um, the elevator scenes for all of those people is and how they realize that they cannot be one thing and so make the mistake of believing that they must become another
0: I think that this chapter definitely suffers from being only one chapter and being a rather small one at that. I think that uh, you can't really get into a lot of the stuff that makes the Black Rose arc really cool in such a limited space. But I actually liked this manga a lot more than I anticipated. Like, I think on its own, good. Like, solidly good. But when you compare it to, like, what it's sort of trying to tell the same story of, it just kind of falls flat.
2: So, Sin, I have a question for
0: you. Yes.
2: Because you, specifically because you said that you liked M- Mamiya, what do you feel about the depiction of this? Uh dry. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like, he's not really a character, he's a plot device. I would say.
2: Yeah, that was kind of how I felt too. Like, yeah. besides the fact that he, I mean, do you think I'm off-base about that where he comes across as like, in, in the anime, he seems more like not disinterested, but sort of like just kind of like letting Makake rant and rave while he just sort of like observes. He's
1: Whereas a bit, dead. yeah.
2: Here he's... he's kind of just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, he, I, In the anime, I kind of saw him as a bit dead inside, but. You know,
2: yeah, that's yeah. actually that seems pretty good
0: actually. Well, I mean, he's kind of dead all over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really weird that these two versions of the character are so drastically different.
1: And it's um, I don't know, I, I feel like, Aunt Um Saito made another, did another thing where she made um Auntie fa- Fangless more Fangless by not making her, you know, the big reveal of her being mafia, So I didn't really like that either. Yeah, it's.
2: I mean, I think we can agree that, like, whatever we feel about the rest of the manga, this, this, I feel like this one's probably a a must, like, as far as, in comparison. There are parts of it that are kind of nice, like, I'm going to be real, like, the bit where she's like, you know, if Anthony has secrets and she doesn't want me to know that I don't want to hear them, it's actually really great. I like that panel. That's a good panel.
1: We all do, yeah. It's something
2: I kind of wish that, like, the series, like, the anime that I had said and done.
0: Yeah, Utena doesn't seem particularly bothered by Anthe having secrets until the very end.
2: And, I don't know, like, here in the manga, I'll say in general that I feel like in the, in the, the, one of the differences between the two is that anime Utena just kind of doesn't question it, except in the most, like, roundabout way. <laughs> like, she's more interested in questioning the game. But she never like asked any of the obvious questions like why the f- why the hell is Anthony weird?
0: Did you Whereas, just stop like... yourself from saying fuck on this show? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Here I am. Here I am to record and I'm being attacked savagely by my erstwhile comrade. Am- ambushed, if you will, <laughs> for my for my not fuck saying. <laughs>
0: You are you're a good Christian woman.
2: PG rated I am, Alice. I am <laughs> one of those things. Um,
0: I would argue that you are at least two of them.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore.
0: <laughs> anyway, back on topic.
2: Keep oh, going. it's-, it's <laughs> I'm sorry. Maka Utsa, like, actually does kind of acknowledge the fact that Not only is it just that, like, Anthony's kind of weird or a little different, but also I would like to know why. But she also doesn't push. Like, she just, she's more obvious about it because it's just a different tone and a different tone allows her to be. Because, you know, Saito is not busy trying to fit in every bizarre, twirling rose that she can. (laughs) Her roses stay still, like normal roses.
0: And also, I feel like it could, I, I mean, like, this might just be uh, me talking out of my ass, but I mean, what else is new? Um, it could be a difference in, like, Saito writing Utana as a woman versus, like, Ikahara writing Utana as a man. Like, yeah, it, it feels more likely that Saito might have thought, like, why is she not asking any questions? Whereas Ikahara is like, eh, yeah, it makes sense that a 14 year old girl wouldn't be asking any questions about what's going on.
2: Yeah, as well I as agree the fact with that. that. Yeah, that's, that is pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, as well as, like, I mean, and, and maybe you guys can push back on this if you think I'm off base, but, like, I feel like in a lot of ways, one of the big differences that usually works for in Saito's favor is that Saito sees her characters as people. And Ikihara often sees them as
0: symbols. Or ideas.
2: Does that, sound over- Does that sound kind of at least somewhat on the level of you guys?
0: I think I agree.
1: I, would, I wouldn't. I don't think I'm. I i know. Because to me, I don't actually think. Um, I actually think Ikihara. <sighs> this is hard to say. But I think the anime. I wouldn't say Ikihara specifically. But I think the anime has a better idea of the characters than Megadus. Oh, I definitely yeah.
0: I don't I, I don't disagree with that. I think um well, I guess Alice you can uh clarify for yourself, but what I took was that you were saying more that like even if the anime might understand the characters better, Saito seems to see them more as like actual people.
1: Oh, okay. Rather than like now.
0: characters in an anime, which Takahara yeah, that... kind of seems to see them as being characters in an anime. Which is fitting, I guess.
1: I can still yeah, see no, that, yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: because yeah, I think you're right. that so the anime does understand how these characters would work. Um, the difference for me is less, you know, that the anime doesn't get them. And more that, like, the anime... Sometimes the anime is willing to let them just be, like, normal kids. Like, occasionally it actually does. Like, with the, with the badminton's. But often it's more interested in... It... it, it the way it uses them in the story is a little less sort of organic and more and it does that on purpose and it's it's a deliberate artistic choice and usually it's a correct choice like it's probably in some ways better for that because it's able to it's trying to do very different things like Saito's just trying to tell a story and Ikihara is also trying to tell a story but like he's trying to tell more than one story and they're less like pretty straightforward narratives and more like I'm going to create I'm going to use like non um I'm going to use like visual language to get across a meaning and not necessarily to rely on just a coherent plot
1: yes (sighs) ah You could probably expect one of the um the characters in the manga to to meet you in the street, but there's a sort of unrealness to the characters in the anime.
2: Yes, that yeah. that that's actually way better. Way
0: yeah, Sen, you uh. You brought some notes here to to the recording, and I didn't have them pulled up. I thought I did. Okay, here we go. We can uh, talk some more generally about Black Rose, because I know uh, the Black Rose saga, Alice, that's your favorite uh, arc of the series.
2: Really? It
1: is.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I You've done like- some Twitter yeah. talking about that, but I feel like we could go into that more uh, specifically here I on think- the show.
2: I could have sworn. Oh, you know what it is, Sin. I I was trying to think. I feel because I was like I felt like I I said this before, and now I realize the reason I think that is because a hundred percent when we were in downtime waiting to record, you and I talked briefly about it. One of the times we had you on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm pretty sure that was you. Was it? Um, speaking of, because because you like more Mia yeah. Liking Mamiya, like, where would you put the Black Rose arc and how you sort of rank the arcs, if you will.
1: Uh okay. I actually, um because I like how, how um Utena stacks and stacks its narrative and then it, it does its payoff really well. So basically it's 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 from ascending order, so I I like the last arc the most. And the black rose is in the middle of that.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's pretty fair, honestly. Because yeah. because you're right, it does. Like each each arc really layers on top of the others, not so much as a, I mean, in a progression sense, but also in a sort of complicating the arc before it sense. Mm. Which is convert, which is also to segue. One of the reasons I like the Black Rose arc the most is because it and the Student Council arc create this fascinating little like dialectic where you have. This mirror, dark mirror image of every idea you get in the first arc is subverted and thrown back at you in the second. Like the whereas the first arc is all about aspirations and sort of like people, like all, all, all the all these people pretending they have problems. Like the second arc is about people who who just. Who actually have these severely, which they're broken people. They're people who have either broken themselves or are somehow, in some way, kind of beyond where the student council is. Hmm. Like, they're not just sad or want power. They're people who, like, their goal is to kill Anthony. And that's so different. It's not about. Seizing power or to revolutionize the world for them so much as it is, the world is awful, and I'm gonna stab something until I feel better about
1: it. Uh, I just mm-hmm. like um, I just want I just want to add in that Uta has like a very simple premise. And when you think about it, okay, <laughs> it's really really weird saying this, but it's, it has like a simple premise. You've got your princess, your your rosebud, you have got your prince, you've got your high school,
2: mm-hmm. and because
1: because the base is so simple. You can you can you can twist it very easily to make very interesting commentaries. Does that make sense?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's what I was trying to get.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and like they all kind of do that. But Rose art for me, like the Black Rose art for me, is where that commentary, like really that that's kind of like that's the gambit. That's the opening. This just shocking opening play that primes you for the rest of the series. Yes. Because you. You don't see that coming, you know. You hmm. definitely don't see a whole arc about side characters coming. Hmm. I mean, when you, when you watch the show for the first time, did you expect there to be like an entire episode about how Sue about about Sue and like fighting Uthna?
0: <laughs> I definitely didn't.
1: I did. I I thought it was all women. <laughs> <laughs> Also, for the record, it
2: also has the, the absolute worst episode of Utena in it. It's not 34 or 35. It's actually the one where Suabuki tries to accidentally ask all of the older kids what sex is. Because that's the worst thing that happens.
0: I'm sorry, but I think you're forgetting about the scene where uh, Anthe implies that she and Utsuna definitely do adult things, which is the best. <laughs>
2: It is the best, but she also says it, like, right in front of this tiny child.
0: Yeah, but it's hilarious!
2: It It is really funny. That whole episode's actually fucking hilarious.
0: It is equal- for me, it is equal parts hilarious and horrifying. It's so
2: uncomfortable to watch. A couple of those are actually really uncomfortable to watch, because, um, like, it's one thing- we like to see larger-than-life characters who suffer greatly and triumphantly and heroically and Byronically. and We don't like watching normal people just, like, suffer because life sucks and no one cares about them. Like, yeah. it's just not fun.
1: It's just sad. A bit, a bit too real, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, jeez, even the Onion Boy. Like, it's so... It's so viscerally uncomfortable to watch that for eight seconds, I almost, I kind of feel bad for the onion Boy. Uh. That, like, only for about eight seconds, but it's just, like, <laughs> everyone who is a focus in this arc is a miserable existential nightmare.
0: This is a Tatsumaki haters club.
2: Yeah, in ways that are, like, are Tatsu- so much more real.
1: Kind of Tatsumaki's the bot. Tatsuyo's the...
0: Oh, that's what I meant. I also have Discord pulled up. Carry on, Alice.
2: Oh, it's just like uh, they're like the first arcs, like the first arcs conflicts are heroic. They're they're old school. It's it's a man of, it's man be man. It's it's you know like cla- epic clashes and like there's sort of this air of the fairy tale morality around them. And then the second arc is um, actually just written by Camus now. Like, we just hired a bunch of sad, depressed Frenchmen to write the second art apparently. <laughs> Everyone just suffers, and, like, the yeah. first line of every episode is, um, like, from the stranger, or something.
1: The cast is, um, very different, Like, right? Your council is your, um, your people on the higher social hierarchy, and you've got your Black Rose duelists, and they're like, they're the, they're the underdog. Oh, are they the underdogs?
0: Yeah, I was like, uh, uh, I was gonna use both? this point to segue into your point in your notes where it where you refer to the Black Rose saga as being the tale of the underdog question mark Yeah, like
1: at the end of the day, the 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 key similarity between the Council, duelists and the, um, the Black Rose duelists, are they're both isolated from themselves and from society. They have this isolation to them. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like.
2: Yeah, I I think I get where you're going, Mike.
1: Like at the end of the day, these are all of these people aren't exactly the most well-adjusted. And, Definitely uh, not. Because you can see this for the the ele- for the elevator, the council people feel like they're the two they're on a too high of a, a a plane, so that's why they go to an elevator up. Whereas the Black Rose people, they feel like they're too um, they're too below everyone, and that's why they feel like they're still alone. So they go down.
0: I feel like you pointing out the contrast between the student council elevator going up and the Black Rose Holy elevator going shit. down. I just had like a galaxy brain moment where it's like <laughs> that's. A, I had never noticed that before, <laughs> but that's you're right. Real fucking galaxy brain moment. And I like
1: how it highlights that at the at the end of the day, we're all they're all human, and they mm-hmm. all they all have the same emotional experiences of loneliness, isolation. Drive for something better? I,
2: um, so if I could re- rephrase this, because you have this sort of like story of the underdogs kind of angle. Yeah? The student council may have problems and may kind of like, because you question that, and I think you're right in the sense that, like, everyone in the Black Road, like, the student council arc is about people who are definitely in the limelight. Everyone knows who they are, but, like, the the Black Rose arc is about people who nobody knows who they are. Like, Wakaba's whole thing, remember, is I'm not special and, and people are never going to care about it.
0: Don't make me cry on this, the day <laughs> of Wakaba's birth.
2: Aww. Yeah, like, I mean, e- even, like, the rich, Akio's rich fake fiancé is like I'm stuck in this fake relationship and no one cares about it
1: oh that is sad
2: oh yeah i know it's i'm telling you it's bleak it's just existentially bleak in a way that the first arc is not and it just takes you by surprise
1: are we are we done with what we can say or should we talk more about this
0: um well you have a thing in your notes about the uh pointing hands indicating an outside force controlling the world which i believe you are attributing to something ikahara said i yeah i'm not i may have read that before but i'm not super familiar with the quote so that's something that he said in director commentary
1: uh actually i saw it from vry's essay vry kaiser they said that um that's what ikehara said in the commentary
0: okay yeah i um uh, i've read some of the episode commentaries but ikehara's director's commentary it's kind of a a coin toss whether or not you're actually going to get something useful out of it uh, because fair of who ikehara is as a person <laughs> but um i think that that's really interesting cuz the pointing hands has always been something about the Black Rose arc that I've never felt like I quite understood. I just sort of accepted it as like part of the aesthetic of the arc.
1: It is um it does uh help lend you it does help help the viewer understand more understand more easily the image imagery
0: mm-hmm.
1: symbolism. And Utter is a very visual series in that regard, so Yeah, I think that's very helpful and I think you you said to so her before, Alice, that um Black Rose saga when it when Uta really gets intimate, gets darker, more fascinating, and I think that's part of that segue. Mm-hmm.
0: What?
2: Well, no, she... I was just I was saying, yes, I was Sorry.
0: She was agreeing with you. Okay. <laughs> I like here, um, if we uh do you wanna talk about Anthony's Anthe resurrection?
1: I, um, I have this like crack theory. Okay. That, you know how you back in the flashbacks in the Black Rose Saga, you see how um how there's Akio, there's Mikage, and there's Tokiko, and there's Mamiya, but you don't see Anthe. You guys know that, right?
0: I guess I hadn't no. noticed, but you are yeah. correct.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're in the, They're the same. They're practically like always together, Anthe and Akio. So it's it's very suspect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What what my crack theory is that. Akio Mikage thinks he's he's what he's doing is is going to rev, going to um heal Mamia and make make Mamia eternal. What what I think he's actually what he, what I think he's been doing and what Akio has been leading him to do is Akio was using Mikage to um to revive Anthe. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the eternity that they're trying to they're trying to um produce. The eternity the eternity is actually Arthi.
0: Hmm.
1: That's why you don't see Anthe up until that point.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: So just to be clear, is Mamiya is the old Mamiya is not in old? Or- is, is it just, Anthe being Mamiya, is that a new thing, or is it, it's, it was an
0: old That, the, or Mamiya being Anthe in disguise is specifically only for the time period that the Black Rose arc is going on, because yes. um, the, the way that they do the reveal that it's actually Anthe is that they show a picture of what the actual Mamiya looked like, which he looks more like, just like a normal, like japanese kid uh as opposed to looking like a boy version of anthy okay
2: okay just to make sure i was oh
0: uh, I? Yes. I, yeah i think that that's an interesting theory and i would i would love to go back and revisit the black rose arc with that in mind because you know
1: um you know the um episode where episode was it 34 where prince dio so was it end of the world i think brought up, brought up prince dio so was it i don't know but either one meets with little utina like little utina in the coffin episode mm-hmm. 34 remember and then and then everyone says how our um Arceo, or let's say Arkyo shows utina something eternal and what 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 that something eternal is it's it's, it's yeah. So.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So okay. Silly. You might be onto something here, guy.
1: Thank you. I, mean, I know it's a very um, curative, logical way of mm-hmm. thinking. Thinking this, but I know I just, it. It does line up if you think about
0: it. I think that that's neat, and that's not something I had ever considered as a possibility. I just sort of I don't know why that would Arkyo... I ever really thought about what they were yeah. actually trying to accomplish.
1: Because why would Arkyo be invested in this unless he? He wanted to um, do something for himself, right? Yeah? Yeah, because I, I, I kind of think that um Anthe was trapped by the Swords of Hate, and it was only until Mikage, Archeo, manipulated Mikage into doing the experiments, was he was he able to get Anthe into a functioning state as a Rose Bride?
0: That actually makes yeah. sense. Which means it can't so... be true, because things in Utena don't make sense.
2: <laughs> May I kind of decomplicate this? Yes? When I was first watching it, I wondered at the whole, like, 100 Boys thing, and I think I was somewhere close to where you were instead of thinking of, this is how they got there, being more of, like, the game is, the game used to be very different and a lot more elaborate, and over the years, they've refined it, and that's, like, back when the game used to be ridiculous. Yeah. And And over the years, like, like, Because of people like Makake, they were able to refine the game to be less messy and less, like, you know, this drawn-out affair and something that they could actually do with just a handful of people. They could find people who were closer to Utena, but who were better candidates for their weird sacrificing than Makake were. Because Makake is, yeah, he's a failed Utena.
1: Oh, yeah, so they're, like, in the middle of refining the process. Hmm.
2: Yeah, so, like, back in the day, they were just like, yeah, we just get a hundred of these weird, brutal motherfuckers, and now we only need, like, six.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what what are they, um, what are they trying to harvest, like, psychological disturbance or something?
0: (laughs) This is when it becomes a Sailor Moon episode. They're trying to harvest energy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Energy. Feels a bit Madoka, too, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does.
2: It would be more Batoka if, like, someone- li- If the person harvesting the energy were doing it from, like, 13-year-old children. <laughs> specifically.
0: Nanami <Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. laughs> um, would
1: make the best magical girl, though. I think she'd beat the shit out of everyone.
0: I would fucking love to see Nanami in <laughs> Madoka World. She would basically yeah. just be, uh- Oh, what's her name? I always forget the red one. Kyoko? Yes. She would be like her, except more Naname. Yeah.
1: She just curves up everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What yeah. real quick, what type of magical girl weapon would Naname have?
1: Cowbell?
0: I also <laughs> thought cowbell
2: <laughs> Okay. Naname as a magical girl in the Dokaverse would definitely have okay I'm torn between two different things Mm -hmm. it's either like she either just uses the biggest fucking hammer ever (laughs) valid just comically large or she definitely has a golden diamond encrusted minigun just the (laughs) biggest most extra things that could possibly be employed in the killing of magical creatures
0: oh i stand at. i love this yes very good very good oh i like the picture send that you just posted in uh in this in our chat what am i looking at here
1: i think it's like a bell attached to a stick
0: yeah that's what naname (laughs) would have except it's a cowbell stick (laughs) bell Do we want to move on to talking about Mikage? Yeah,
1: I think we, um, did we uh, touch on Nemurin versus Mikage, the differences?
0: I mean, a little bit, but we, uh, we could probably talk more about it if there's differences there, uh, that are significant. I can't, other than like, I don't know, I guess I always thought of them as just being the same.
1: Me too. I didn't realize the differences until, until uh, someone pointed it out to me. I was like, oh, really? This is the thing of Utena, you just, you don't know until someone points it out to you.
0: <laughs> and then when, as soon as somebody points it out to you, you're like, how did I not see this before? What are some differences between Mikage and Nemuro?
1: I, I, um, I screenshotted a TV Tropes, a TV Tropes take.
0: Yes, I do love this that you have put here. I read that earlier and I cackled to myself.
1: It basically implies that Mikage is, um, Gary Garisu self-insert, which I kind of find is really hilarious and- somewhat salient
0: take that (laughs) audience you know how some some adult anime fans watch series with teenage protagonists thereby living vicariously through an idealized and romanticized version of their younger years that they never quite had and you know how by staying at otori mikage continues to exist by living in a fantasy world built around an idealized and romanticized version of his younger years yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's, oh that's so
0: good i don't know if that's a, an intended commentary but i think that that's great
1: <laughs> yeah like look at Mikage, mikage Kenan. mikage has a lot more charisma than Nimuru. he can he can manipulate people mm-hmm. he's he's more alpha quote-unquote <laughs> he's more active he's more active and direct in the process of um facilitating his desires so I, I can really see that because Nemiro is a very, Nemiro is not shy, but he's just very withdrawn and not really used to taking action.
0: Yeah. And like, we don't really get to see very much of Nemiro, like, just by himself in like the f- flashbacks or what have you to, uh, before, uh, all of the, before the hall burned down, before the experiment went badly. What do you guys mm-hmm. think caused the hall to burn down? I think it was like bad wiring. <laughs>
2: okay, so you know how I joked about the shining earlier? Yeah. Uh that was foreshadowing. I think he did it. <laughs> I think Mikog I think Nimro burned down that, that mo mofo to kill all those dumbass <laughs> brats because he's crazy. <laughs> because he lost his mind. And he thinks, "Oh no, it burned down." But in reality, he burned it down, and he's just too crazy to remember about it.
0: Sen, how do you think the tower burned down? The- uh, not the tower. How do you think the hall burned down?
1: I think Mikage was trying to cook some eggs.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. That's the best answer. Oh, yeah,
1: thank you. Um, I think there's um, because you know how there's a lot of um water symbolism in Utena?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, in the movie, Togo drowns for from... Um, Togo drowns?
0: Uh-huh. So I,
1: I thought there was a kind of, like, a contrast there, but I'm not sure what, it is, what it's supposed to be.
0: Drowning in Just... fire versus drowning in water.
1: <laughs> yeah. and, and in, in them, if you played the game for Chigusa, Chigusa, like, burns herself. So there's that as well.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you have the point down here that the game implies that, like Chigusa, Makage is also a ghost. And yeah. yeah, I had kind of forgotten that that happens, but at the end of the game, they hint at the they hint at the Black Rose arc happening afterwards.
1: They met. They imply that Um is is like a trial run, quote unquote. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, which doesn't speak very well of Chikusa, but you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that game is so fucking wild. I
1: still haven't finished it.
0: Oh, it's very good. Uh, oh, we, I should. we had a bit of an we had an episode about uh, it slash Chigusa as a character, sort of similarly how we're doing this as a Mikage slash Black Rose episode. I, I actually like that episode.
1: Really good. I will.
2: I really want to actually play that.
0: Game. We played a little bit of it uh, a couple of I years know, ago, but bit. we need to play more. Or you need to play more and then tell me what choices you made. Maybe you guys could stream or something. Yeah, that was when we did it, when we played the game last time, we streamed it for uh, some listeners, but now we've got a lot more listeners, so there would be more people to watch. Maybe we'll do that again one day. Maybe you could
1: plug in, um, you know, your friends like me, Ivana, Yasha, if you can. <laughs> like, it, it can be very difficult to get us all in, you know.
0: Yes, I would love to do that. That would be very fun. We could all take turns uh, making the choices in the game. That would be fun. <laughs> Under here, uh, under the Mikage section, you compared him to Mickey, a curator, logic based, keen on creating and upholding rules. How do you feel about the similarities between Mikage and Mickey? Do you think that that's... Do you think that there's like an intentional parallel, or do you think they're both just sort of bookish? Uh, I, I
1: think it's intentional. Do you remember the, a, a scene with Mickey and how Mikage invites him over to the seminar. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me... You you remember that scene, don't you, Alice?
2: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And he just, just, like, tells him no,
0: thank you, but... I'll consider it, really it which nice is... About
1: it. Yeah, like, he, he's he's a very, like, I'll consider it, which basically means no, I don't want to. Fuck off.
0: That's a soft <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> and, um, but I do think that they're similar in the respect that they're both geniuses, and they're both hardwired hardwired to logic Mm -hmm. so so Miki Miki thinks that he can he can gain the sincerity gain the sincerity and love and affection that he wants he had from his from his sister by getting someone else to play piano for him and he thinks that's how you can gain love not from consistent emotional support and and bonding and listening that's and Miki Mikage thinks that he can he can gain love by uh by doing this arbitrary arbitrary thing of like like resurrecting, uh, helping cure someone's brother, so they basically think insert insert coin, gain love. Like they have this very uh, logical way of approaching love, which doesn't actually work.
2: Yeah, does that make sense? If, like, Keep going. Yeah, because I was he and um he and his sister both think that love is like a machine you can put a very oddly specific coin into.
1: Yeah, you you're you're a Mickey fan. What do you what's your take on this, Alice?
2: The reason that Mickey is like people have commented on the whole like piano and that's how he sees things, and most of what they say is true. But underneath that, I think more than that is the reason that Mickey is like that is the same reason that his sister is the way she is. Is that neither of them understand what it means to have an actual relationship to another person who is not their sibling, because they come from a home where, like, as far as I can tell, they're the only ones that actually cared about each other in any way. And so when that relationship went bad, they don't know how to have other relationships.
0: Some real flowers oh. in the attic shit going on.
1: That's actually really, really good, really salient. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that.
2: I mean, there's a little bit of that in Makage, too. Like, he's not that bad, but his approach to... You, you have this in your notes, too, but his approach to the relationships with... Um, oh, what's her name?
0: It's Tokiko. literally in the notes, Alice.
2: <laughs> I know, I had to, I'm scrolling down to look It's at it. Tokiko. Um, Tokiko, okay. Like, his relationship with her is a little... Put coin in slot e.
1: Please give me love.
2: yes quarter gives love
0: yes
1: (laughs) but yeah they're both very um emotionally deprived characters I I guess everyone is but it's more salient with them, I suppose.
0: Do we want to move on to Mamiya?
1: Oh, we haven't talked about how um Mikage and- Even Mikage and Namuru they're both, they're both very emasculated characters. Yeah. Would you agree yes, to that?
0: Yes, uh, I would. I would say that the fact that he's sort of a parallel to Utina is like- it's kind of demasculating in a way, but it's weird because, like, Utano being, like, princely is supposed to, like, masculinize her. But I feel like the comparison to her, like, results in also, like, demasculinizing Mikage. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it
1: makes sense to me. Because, like, if you, if you have, a, like, a, a boyish girl, you gotta have, like, a girlish boy, too.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: you know, things match. (laughs) I also, um, you know that scene where Mikage witnesses Tokiko kissing Akio?
0: I had forgotten, but I remember now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of the start of Mikage's whole emasculation arc. And, um.
0: Is when he got cucked?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know how Mikage is like.
0: (laughs) Did you really just fucking say that? Uh, I mean, that's what happens.
1: Yeah. Like, Akio pretty much cucks everyone, so, you know, <laughs> that's just Akio.
0: The alpha cuck. <laughs>
1: and you know how um, Mikage is, like, noticeably shorter than the rest of the male cast, excluding Miki and Tsubuki?
0: Yeah. Like, he's
1: he's 170 centimeters, and, like, fucking Togo and Sanji are, like, 190 centimeters. <laughs> I don't know. Vruka is about 190, 89 as well. Akio is 190.
0: Yeah, all the other men characters are like long, like they're all very like tall and drawn out, and it like that's in comparison to like the women characters that are also like eighty percent leg. But Mikage is noticeably smaller than all of the other men in the cast, which I'm sure is a deliberate decision.
1: I, I- I'm g- I'm going to. Um... I'm going to make a weird racial comparison, I hope you, you, you'll you bear with me, but I know they're just supposed to be Japanese, but I kind of, um, you know the whole Jewish intellectual versus Aryan German model?
0: I think I'm familiar mm. with the concept, but I don't, uh, I try to stay away from a lot of that kind of yeah. ideology. <laughs> Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like the whole, the whole, the whole racial archetypes of like the Jewish mm-hmm. intellectual, yeah. which is, yeah, I know which, which, in, those, which in this, with that case, would be Mikage, and I guess the whole Aryan, Aryan sportsman, the the Aryan alpha family, Aryan alpha man, would be, I guess, Akio, even That's, though it doesn't really make sense.
0: I would have never thought to make that comparison, but I mean. You're not wrong. And I, that's also kind of made even more interesting by the fact that, like, Akio, the pinnacle of masculinity in this case, is a uh, is a, a brown man of indeterminate uh, <laughs> <Origins>. nationality. <laughs> it's just, um,
1: I think academia in general is, is considered very feminizing for men, I suppose, especially in America.
0: Certain feminists. In general, yes, but especially certain fields. Like, yeah, if humanity's. Mikage were more into, like, engineering or something, I don't think he would be, he would seem as, uh, I think he would seem more masculine.
1: Yeah. Alice, what's your take on this?
0: Tell um, us about the demasculinization of academia. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, it,
2: for me, I think it, I see it going back quite a ways. Like, I actually go farther back than I think that Sin has gone with those archetypes to back to the middle ages like at least in the west like we we have constantly seen the scholar as being somehow like less masculine by default
0: mm-hmm. partially because
2: guess who were scholars for a, a, like a thousand years
0: Was they... the
2: claw. yeah and you know yeah. what the, and you know what they don't do fuck what they're literally not allowed to do yes fuck. not allowed to fuck Ah, oh, you can't fuck. That's that means good. You aren't really a man, and I like that's where I trace it back. To.
0: oh that's a good a little one. Bit
2: of that, yeah. And think about how Mikage interacts with people. Like, I mean, he know runs know, it, a that...
0: confessional booth.
2: Yeah, he... <laughs> think about... it. It makes his sort of like insert coin and slot get love thing make a lot more sense when you think of him as this weirdly virginal like. I've never been cool enough to have a girlfriend. Kind of like, oh god, I had a horrible realization. Mikage is kind of like, what if incels grew up to be slightly less awful? Oh my god! <laughs> what, if, what if incels were not obnoxious, just terrible instead?
1: It it kind of makes the whole um I I have a thing for the, the my I have a thing for like my, my, little boys like Mamia more salient
2: god Uh, yeah
0: we are going really hard on uh on the priesthood in this episode not a direction i anticipated but i did also start it so
2: yeah this is this has been our most stridently anti anti papist episode yet (laughs) that's just what we do i guess
0: sorry not sorry
2: 19
1: i do want to interject and say that there's a reason why um because mikage is so emasculated there's a reason why he feels safe engaging in masculinity with um, Mamiya, because Mamia is very muted when it comes to you know, being a man. So there's a... You see what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I, you made a really good point in these, in these notes that I want you to kind of stretch out for me with this idea of um, there's a weird unintended parallel with how, like, sort of the fetish, fetishization of...
1: Disabled... Like,
2: of disabled yeah. women on dating apps. Yeah, can you, can you kind of like stretch that out for me a little bit? Cause I'm, so like, I'm wonderfully fascinated.
1: There's like a, a the trend around dating apps, I think, on Tinder, where women women that are blind and women that are deaf they have to hide their their status because because they're are like chasers. Ugh, you know what I mean by chasers? Like um, people who actively seek out these women who are blind and deaf because they are they are perceived as more feminine and submissive and less likely to fight back you know how fucked up that can be
2: yeah yeah
1: and it's the same thing with like asian women or like uh, uh, yeah yeah it's
2: yeah like uh, it's there and like now that you pointed that out i definitely see that in in sort of their relationship as it's shown
1: yeah, and that's why um, Mikage feels so safe engaging with Mamiya, because you know, Mamiya can't fight back, really. Mamiya is not Akio. Mamiya is, Mamiya is terminally ill. He's is a very young boy. He's dependent on his sister,
0: practically. Yeah. yeah. And he's uh, also, j- I mean, he's uh, emasculated being terminally ill, but he's also just like being younger and smaller, like less masculine than like, say, Mikage's peers would probably be.
1: Oh, are we um launching into a, a Mamiya conversation or Alice, I think it's sort else?
0: of intertwined here because you can't really talk about mikage without talking about Mamiya.
1: Alice Panda, do you two have anything else you wanted to add before we do that?
0: About Mikage, uh not me, Alice. I
1: think I'm good. Oh okay. So I want to um segue into the fact that there's like a bit of a similarity between auntie and Mamia actually.
0: Okay. So
1: I know um Yasha and Janae are very fond of the similarities between Togo and Arthi. Yes. And I, I, I mostly agree. I mostly agree, but I think there's like one key difference. Toga thinks he can cheat the system. Anie just thinks the system is safe. She doesn't she doesn't have any any pretenses that she can cheat it. She just thinks it's safe. So she can she can go along with it. And I think Mamia is similar in Auntie in that regard, because right from the get-go, the one of the um first things Mamia says is that there's no such thing as eternity. And I think Auntie has a similar sentiment. there's no such thing as eternity. Mm -hmm. but he he does he does admire the fact that people people go go for people have high goals people do want to reach for eternity that's what i that's what i think that he means by the quote of we don't actually we eternity doesn't exist but a heart we think that a heart that yearns for eternity is beautiful which basically means if you even if the impossible doesn't exist if you if you go for the impossible you are you are to be admired yeah
0: I think that maybe one key difference in uh, like the comparison of Mamia and Anthy in terms of how they view the system is that I think Anthe might see her position in the system as a form of cheating the system. Like because Akio is controlling everyone, but he's controlling Anthe in a way that she knows she's being controlled. Like, she mm. can sort of see herself as being above the rest of the system, even though she is still being manipulated just like everyone else is. But mm. I I had never thought about the two of them seeing the system as, like, being safe. I mean, Anthe definitely sees it that way. I mean, we can see how comfortable she is in her position up until the end of the series. It's
2: predictable, you know?
0: Sometimes and the I mean, monster you know is better than the uh, the promise of a better world.
1: Better the devil you know, yes. yes. And um, I think that part of why Mommy is just letting it happen to him, like letting Mikage and Tokiko do whatever he wants, because Mamiya knows that unless Tokiko, Tokiko can't, like basically Tokiko will fall apart if she if she realizes there's no hope. So she he lets Tokiko believe that there's hope, to hope to cure him, even mm-hmm. though to knows there's no such thing which is where where he which is where he which is where he gets that whole quote from we don't eternity doesn't exist Mikage A heart that yearns for eternity is beautiful and he, Mamiya does in some way admire Tukiko's drive to to save him yeah. and I think in, in that way M- Mamiya is a bit more mature than Tukiko because Tukiko thinks Tokiko, Tokiko also thinks she can cheat the system yeah the problem what was that um Audrey Lord quote about the system?
0: Um the Master's house can't be it has to do with the, the Master's Tools can't bring down the Master's House. Is that the one you're referring to? Or Yes, yes. I'm I'm looking it up. The Master's Tools will never dismantle the Master's House.
1: I think there's there's an opening quote from Archimage, I still remember.
0: Yeah, I would not be surprised if uh I actually no, I know for a fact that that is uh one of the opening quotes uh from Archimage cuz I remember looking at that when we were talking to Jude about Archimage and Jude also made a a point uh in writing Archimage to make all of the opening quotes from uh women writers because she was tired of all of the other fic at the time pulling from sources that were all dead white men uh you really should go listen to that episode it was good
1: i i plan to i plan to (laughs) I'll 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 say it so for the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house they may allow us to temporarily beat him in his own game but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change which which i think is perfectly encapsulates utuna honestly
0: it really is the perfect quote for this series like that's that's the whole deal like utuna it like in being the prince is trying in trying to be the prince she is trying to dismantle the master's house with the master's tools it's it's not until she's able to realize that like she shouldn't be trying to be the prince and trying to save the princess that they can really set each other free exactly i love it
1: alice do you have anything you want to add
0: alice has to wrap up soon i believe
2: yeah honestly actually what i was thinking of saying was basically what you guys have said like that usina's buying into the system even though she's wanting to be something better than perhaps it deserves is always going to end up repeating its problems her problem is not that she's not a good enough prince her problem is that she wanted to be a prince in the way that, that Dios was at all
0: yeah yep. exactly um, we have uh, since we're going to need to wrap up soon we have one last bit here in the notes which is about Tsukiko. did she genuinely love Mikage or was she only manipulating him much like how she was attempting to seduce Akio I think this is an interesting question
1: 'Cause I like to think Tokiko has fangs, like. Right? Like she's one of the more um fanged characters and I don't think um but there's a there's a reason why Tokiko is is invested in Mikage and like it does speak to me that why would why would Tokiko somehow some in some way just like you know why would you want to be involved with someone leading the experiment, helping you to helping to cure your brother unless you were invested in curing your brother, right?
0: I don't it's, it's, it's... think that she didn't care for him i just don't think that love yes. was th- i think it was the love for her brother that was the impetus for her caring about mikage and caring about him doing this project that he was on doing these experiments is because really what she loved was her brother and she wanted to see him get better
1: and to do that he had to um, she had to um really go after aki mikage yeah but I think in some some somewhere along the way, Tokiko began to develop some feelings, something genuine. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tokiko what Tokiko felt for Mikage was specifically romantic. Uh, I, I think didn't. It was, I don't. It was,
0: def- I definitely don't think it was either.
1: It felt familiar to me. Actually, it felt like you know older sister, younger brother.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
1: and, but it might it might have been um because how I view Mikage is that he feels all these things for. Um, Mamia and Tokiko because because for so long in his life, he's been muted emotionally. So when he does have a, have an emotion, it's all these conflicting emotions. he He feels familial. He feels familiar, romantic, sexual, or fatherly, brotherly all, all all this at once for, mm-hmm. for both Mamia and Tokiko, yeah. And like and that's sort of similar to how um how I feel about Utena and Artie's relationship. Like a lot of people think Auntie and Utena's relationship are either friendship or romantic. That's not exactly. That, that's not necessarily my take. My take is that Otna, what Otna and what Ota and Arty feel for each other is that is as friends. They're friends. They're, they're lovers. They're into each other sexually, romantically. Sometimes Ota tries to mother Arthi, Sometimes it's the other way around. <laughs> sometimes they're sisters. And I think. And I think. Part part of you mentioned before that um, I think. Part of Utena's themes is that you can't define you can't define people by strict roles. And it's the same for the relationship between all these characters. You can't define these relationships as solely familial, solely romantic. It's so many things at once. And that's what makes the relationship so so fascinating and so so genuine. At the end of the day, they just love each other, Utena and Aki.
0: Trying to put people's relationships to each other in boxes is what Akio wants to do. Exactly. Just like he wants to put... All of these people in their different boxes, because he has to have everything in order in his perfect little world, or at least order in chaos. He sets the order <laughs> that, to the outside perspective, can seem like chaos.
1: And it seems to me that um, when Tokiko comes back in the present arc, it seems to me that to- it Tokiko has been a bit, we've been through a bit of a rut. Mm-hmm. She's had a bit of a midlife crisis, and she needs to revisit her old days, to come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Which I think is. Interesting. Yeah. What I'm do you think? Th- yeah. yeah. What do you guys think of Tokiko, and what do you think he th- she feels from Mikage?
0: Well, I don't think about her a lot. But, uh. <laughs> Alice?
2: Alice. I was just going to say, honestly, it feels like. It feels like she doesn't have time to really be romantically attached to him, but, like were they to stay in touch afterwards? Possibly. I don't know. Like, it's sort of like she's so kind of wrapped up in her brother that she doesn't really have any time for anything be- beyond that. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, I I also uh, feel similarly. She seems very sort of single-minded in her goal, which is to cure her brother or support that which is attempting to cure her brother and i would probably have to go back and because it's been a while since i watched black rose arc specifically i would probably have to go back and look more at like the way that she interacts with other characters but i honestly just i mean i was joking at first but i don't really think about her that much uh, I, she just sort of, in the grand scheme of things, just seemed like another background character. But th- even though this is the Black Rose arc, she doesn't really get, uh, you know, like her own episode.
1: I think that's, um, very symbolic of how Tokiko knows her place in the world.
0: Like, yeah. Like, she's
1: matured since then. Yeah, so she knows that, she, like, she, she's not like the council. She doesn't think she's even more important than everyone else. Mm-hmm. She sees um... She just knows her place. She just knows that she she's not supposed to be a main character. She's satisfied with that.
0: She knows where she fits into everything. I think we can move into. Uh, if anyone has any closing thoughts, uh, since Alice needs to leave, do we have any closing thoughts on Mikage, the Black Rose arc?
2: Um, I don't. I think we're good.
0: Black Rose arc. Underrated by lots of people. Oh yes, bad.
1: that one. Yeah, people are saying that it, it. People think that um, the Black Rose Saga. You don't need it to watch Ujina. You can just skip past. Oh, that that's no, so. You definitely p- need it. That's so bullshit. That's so bullshit. No. <sighs> what about you, Al? What about you, Panda?
0: I, I didn't. I kind of felt similarly to that, like the very first time I watched Uta, but that was more just because I hadn't really taken any time to think about the series beyond being like, this is really fucking weird. But like in having rewatched it for the show and talking about it more, like, I can't possibly understand how anybody would think that you can skip Black Rose Arc because like it sets up so much for the rest of the story that like if you skip it, like what are you like I don't know, like that's the it's the first time that we see like the it, it's the first time we see Anthe being you know, secretive and, like, having more going on. It's the first time that we see that there's something clearly going, not going right with whatever Akio is doing. And it's our introduction to Akio to begin with. Like, I feel like trying to write it off is a mistake. I think that it's very important (sighs) and... It's also just got a lot of really good character moments that you wouldn't expect to come out of this show because it involves so many characters that are not like the main cast.
1: I just had a mind-blowing realization. Tell me. So you, so you know how anime both shonen and shojo, they're, they're very much, they're very much body arc. So, oh, what's this arc about? Blah 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 blah. Blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. We're past that. What's this arc? They're always stacking arcs upon arcs upon ox.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know how in um the Black Rose arc, everyone literally forgets what happens because Mikage's Mikage is gone, Mommy mm-hmm. is gone, Tok- tokiko has gone. The, the whole hole is crushed down, and like no one no one remembers at all.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know
1: how it how it, it's that's that that uh, that feeling of emptiness, the feeling of that of passing and grieving of what's passing is kind of conveyed by that. Mhm. I kind of see that as a, as like a isn't that kind of like a commentary or that kind of like Like do, do you see what I mean or
0: Yeah, I can see that. Like it reminds me of uh like in, you know, cartoons where like everything resets at the end of the day.
1: Yeah.
0: And that that, that cyclical
1: nature of it is is very it's very
2: ordinary. I think.
0: Yeah, that's really yeah. neat. It's-
1: and there's like a, there's like a cap, like a cap of, at the, um, at the final episode when Arthur is about to leave, or Tori, there's like a, there's like a, a cap of the, the destroyed hole. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yes. And I think, I think that's, that's a nod to, oh, we still remember that. That didn't, that didn't just not happen. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really neat. I think that's a good place to end the episode. So listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtsinaCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Pandanata. If you would like to check out more stuff that I do in the realm of podcasting, you can check out my other podcast, which is Fresh Podcast Market, a real podcast about fake podcasts. And Modica Magicast, a podcast that I produce about Modica Magica, which features Imagine Me and Utina all-stars Gio and Yasha of Empty Movement. Alice, where can people find you online?
2: Um, they can find me on Twitter at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. I also do I do commissions. I write. I can do anything, literally anything from just copy copy editing and um to just full bore. Pay me, I will write you a think piece on literally anything. You know, if if you have anything you want written or want looked at, hit me up. We can work on a, a little bit of a price.
0: Alice is very good to. and smart. Yeah. I agree. And Sen, where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? <laughs> you,
1: you saved me for last, didn't you? Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to have to say the fucking name. <laughs>
1: Feminist RKO on Tumblr. And you can, if you want, you can shoot me a DM if you want to join the server. Just because that's where I mostly hang out. And that's where everyone else mostly hangs out.
0: Everyone should... Join the server, it's really cool, and if you want an invite, you can either message send, or you can contact Empty Movement, and I'm sure that they'll let you in. Of course they will, we're like not trolls. <laughs> well, that's debatable. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um... Aww. If you would like to email us, you can do that at imaginemeandyoutena at gmail.com. That's uh, the best place to get in contact if you would like to come on for an episode or if you have any feedback about the show. We would love to hear from you. And you can follow us on Tumblr, which is mostly dead, at imaginemeandyoutena.tumblr.com. We are a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find that link pretty much anywhere. You can find us on the internet. We love our patrons and we appreciate you very much. But the show will always be free to listen to and downloads. I've started putting out episodes early for patrons, so that's good. And if you would like ep- early access to episodes or access to outtakes and whatnot, that is the place to get that. Alice, what were you going to say?
2: I was going to say, I mean, we might get lost in like the limbo zone for a while, you know, so please donate to our getting out of other strange dimensions
0: fun. We are stuck in a strange dimension, and only your dollars can get us out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Please help us build a bridge of dollars.
0: I think that's all of our things. If it's not, I don't care. It's late. I want to go eat a snack before bed, which is not a good decision, but I'm going to do it anyway. Revolutionize <laughs> okay. the world, everybody! See you See you later!